You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. Boys and girls, ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Stadium and Gale. It's your favorite Uncle Silk. It's Dan. And Del Tori. Same corner, same time. It's good seeing you guys Saturday, man. How y'all feeling? Rough, but my voice is gone. Big I guess cheers. I, I, did, I did my job. A lot of talking. Appreciate everybody that came by the tailgate, everybody that we saw along the way. Saw a couple people wearing t-shirts as well, uh, but... Uh, yeah, boys, I'm struggling a little bit. It's uh, just another just another bender weekend, though. Just yeah, yeah, I know. But this time there was there's driving to and fro Gainesville thrown in there and everything else. Mm. Um, got Cheers. out right before traffic got got terrible. Uh, but uh, yeah, about a one thirty arrival time back in Tampa. Um, and then bright and early had to hit the uh the big the big blue ocean. Mm. Mm. Nature, nature is healing. Na- nature, nature called. The Miami Dolphins are still out to us, so I went and hung out with some real dolphins. Um, <laughs> you but, guys uh, been lying about those dolphins, man. Yep. Thing. You guys lie on Saturday and Sunday. At least I just yep. lie on Saturday. You guys mm-hmm. lie on both days. Yep. And like I said yesterday, when you said that uh, the Lightning are one and two, so I may be lying on random Tuesdays, Thursdays, Wednesdays, Fridays throughout the uh, the season as well. It catches up to you, man. Out the wild, man. You've been on the championship <laughs> run with your Bucks. <laughs> Oh no, you're not a Bucks fan. Uh, just Dalton. Tampa. Yeah, yeah. Just, just Tampa. Tampa's been on the run, man. Yeah, but uh, no, it was a great weekend. Thanks for everybody for for stopping by. Shout out to Annie. Uh, shout out to Paul. Uh, shout out to everybody that we saw: Cav, Mike, Connor, Harrison, uh, everybody, Krizel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. To one, everybody Tilly. that pulled up, yeah. man. Yeah, Tilly, the whole gang, man. It was. It felt like a family reunion. Hadn't seen everybody since maybe 2019. Mm-hmm. It's been a while since we all got together in tailgate, but it felt it felt like everything was officially back. I know we've been off of quarantine and all that stuff, but uh, things felt, as far as our crew and what we do, it felt officially back a little bit, man. So it was good seeing y'all. Absolutely. Cam was there. Shout out to Cam. Uh, Cam was having himself a, a great Saturday. Uh, shout out to, uh, to Weber uh, and his mom who stopped by, who, who hung out for a while just so she could meet the famous – Uncle Silk, uh, but everybody that that swung cool by with family, a, a great time uh, with you, and we're excited to do it again next year. We're actually going to maybe even do it for a baseball game or basketball game this spring. Who knows? We get busy. We got to get at that same corner, same time. We get, we went by the, uh, the the road sign. The band was the city was was full. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, we'll get into some some football talk, but the city was full and jumping, man. Uh, the game didn't go as we planned, but the vibes tailgating the streets the tail like everything was was good i enjoyed myself nick appreciate you stopping by now you had to make a couple stops along the way but uh it was good to see you my friend it uh yeah i so everyone's gonna be crazy i was in um jeans um like a long a, a light long sleeve shirt and i had a hoodie um and then we walked around for like two and a half hours I'm sweating my ass off. I get up to the press box. By the time like the third quarter came around, it's cold up there. Uh, that was brisk. It, yeah. It, uh, 
it, uh, I made the right decision, but uh, yeah, not didn't feel like I made the right decision as we were walking around campus. Mm. Well, why don't we get uh, let's get into the show kind of a reverse order of things. We're going to talk a little bit about recruiting and then we'll talk about the game uh, going into the Gators bye week. But before we do that, let's give a shout out to our friend. Alan Horn with State Farm, State Farm, geez, Alan Horn, State Farm Insurance in Jasper, Georgia. Give him a call, 706-692-2888, or visit him, Alan Horn, H-O-R-N-E, insurance.com, boat, life, auto, homeowner's insurance, whatever it might be, any of your insurance needs, always a good time to shop around. Give Alan a call, 706-692-2888. A uh, couple of recruiting notes to get into. Thursday was a big day for the Florida Gators. Uh, safety, uh, five foot ten, hundred eighty-five pound, out of Alpharetta, Georgia, and Milton High School. Bryce Thornton uh, announced his pick of the Florida Gators over the Alabama Crimson Tide, who were the only other uh, hat on the table. Uh, three-star on the consensus, ranked as the four hundred fifty-ninth best player of the on three consensus, but on three themselves has him ranked as the 27th best safety and a four star um, boys. Uh, your thoughts on, on Bryce Thornton. That, that picture that's circulating right now, that interception looks photoshopped. That's that's first. You, you know what I'm talking about? So no, I don't. I haven't seen that picture. See oh, it's not in the chat for you. My guys like, Looks like he can get his head over the uh, goalpost. I think it's a versatile, versatile room of safeties. Uh, right, mm-hmm. right, right now, I think we have what three. If you keep engaged at safety, mm-hmm. um, so you have three safeties. I think all three are are, are very versatile. Gage and Thornton are similar in body types. I think Thornton could play free or or strong safety, but uh, more of a free safety. He ball hawks uh, everything that's thrown his way. He, he tried to get his hand two hands on it. For interception, but also when after he brings that ball and he's trying to go score, uh, looks like a great punt returner, kickoff returner as well. Uh, can play one on one coverage, he could play some in the nickel, a little star if they need him to in the crunch. So, versatile guy, but understand the safety position. Um, good room. I like the way Patrick Tony's re- recruiting the position because we need guys that know how to flip their hips and shit the right way. Yeah, absolutely. No shortage of opportunity for him uh, to come in, but a, a solid player is the a third um, safety in uh, this class um, and good player. You know, I think that he's going to have an opportunity in a couple years to make an impact. Uh, highly regarded guy plays at uh, a good high school with tough competition uh, there in Alpharetta uh, had offers from, from LSU, Miami, Alabama, Georgia. Uh, so a lot of good offers. Uh, this is one that you probably don't let the, uh, the star ranking completely fool you. Uh, highly sought after guy, and I definitely think a guy that will climb in the rankings. And then for those of you that are also on, a track guy, you know, I'm big yep. on track guys, also a track guy who runs a sub 1100 meters, man. Let's get this uh, this picture that Nick is trying to uh, to share here up on screen. There bounce. we are, so big bounce, man. It's like, like Dan that. back in high school. That's kind of no, it does look like me. that. That not. Nah, yep uh, that that looks like uh, me when I played. Uh, uh, I all, am Dan. All star flag football. 
uh, intramural league. Uh, ended my career in a two interception game. Can't do any better than that. Um, I, was, I looked like Chauncey Gardner Johnson yesterday, or a little bit, you know, like this photo here. Uh, yeah, for sure. That that might be Dan. That might be a picture of Dan uh, from the IM fields. So. Yeah, fresh off one of those. That'd be a, that'd be a, a lot of days on boat. the uh, yeah sure. on the boat. Sure. Yeah, a lot of the, a lot of uh, big tan, very very tan there. Yeah, for sure. Um, but uh, but but the Gators grab Bryce Thornton um, at about three forty that day, um, and then a little bit later on in the day, around seven o'clock, a name that a lot of Gator fans are familiar with out of Wharton High School here in Tampa, six foot one hundred eighty seven pound cornerback. Dijon Johnson, uh, four-star on the on-three consensus, ranked as the number 100 player in the country, uh, number 10 quarterback, uh, had previously been committed to Ohio State. Uh, a lot of folks thought that he would flip a few months ago. Uh, the Gators do finally grab Dijon Johnson on Thursday, uh, adding to another talented DB room uh, that the Florida Gators have in this class. Um, very good player. Um, would not be surprised to see him jump even a little bit higher uh, in those rankings. But, but Silk Nick, your thoughts on uh, Dijon? Great name. Um, mm-hmm. must, great uh, NIL marketing. NIL opportunities. opportunities. For sure. For sure. Mustard on the beat. Uh, really good get, Good job by the staff uh, keeping that eye for court, keeping Florida kids home. Uh, they're doing a good job of, of just locking down the parameter uh, in the Southeast. But uh, he's out of Temple Warden, same school as Vernon Hargraves. Uh, I think he's going to – he's at 100. I think he can rise a little bit more. He can play on ball or off ball. Another guy that's just a ball hawk, you know. Um, good get. Like, it's hard mm-hmm. to – like, if people came in and said that maybe Corey Raymond was washed during the offseason when we missed on some guys like A.J. Harris. They thought he was maybe hanging it up. Um, but you, you're looking at one of the best defensive back classes on paper if they could land Kermani McClain to finish this thing off, man. So – a really good get, a guy that's, you know, 6'1", has the same wingspan as, like, Kyrie Elam, so, like, a 6'4 wingspan. He can do it all a little bit. Yeah, yeah and, no, really- and what you said about Wharton, too, um, fluid. Fluid in the hips, can flip, can run. Um, and this is one kind of we, – we've just been waiting on. Uh, right. You know, once he decommitted um, from – it was Ohio State, right? Once he decommitted um, – had had heard and thought it was going to be you know a same week decommit commit uh had to wait a little while uh some people were getting a little impatient because uh, i think you know it had been pretty widely reported that he was going to be a gator and uh had to just had to wait a couple months sometimes waiting is the hardest part yeah no great uh, great player um you know between him uh jakeem jackson who is the 136th best player in the country. Uh, and then you add in Sharif Denson, who's number 245. Uh, we saw this weekend, and we'll get into the game a little bit more. Uh, the Gators desperately need help at cornerback and safety uh, from a talent infusion perspective. And uh, getting a player like Dijon Johnson will certainly help that. Uh, in final recruiting news yesterday on Sunday, uh, out of um, – out of Gainesville, Florida, Creed Whittemore, who uh, is the younger brother of current Florida Gators wide receiver Trent Whittemore, announced his decommitment from the University of Florida. 
and subsequently uh, committed to uh, Mississippi State, which as a wide receiver would probably be a pretty fun offense to play in. Uh, but alas, uh, Creed Whittemore is no longer in the Florida Gators 2023 recruiting class. Um, Gators rose up to number eight in the recruiting rankings on on three. Uh, and after Creed Whittemore's drop still remained uh, number three as well. Number eight. Number eight. My bad. I would like to be number three. If we get would like three. to be number three. Yeah. Uh, fourth in the SEC right now. Um, so ultimately, uh, Gators still have a number of spots available, still in play for a number of top targets as well. Had a big recruiting weekend as well for 2023 and 2024 players. First time this season that they hosted uh, official visitors. DJ Lagway was there. Uh, a number of big prospects were there as well. So we will be on the lookout for uh, the next few weeks to see who continues to come to campus. But so far, the reviews coming out of that visit uh, this weekend from a number of top prospects is encouraging. So any final thoughts on recruiting, gentlemen? DJ Lagway moved his uh, decision time frame up to uh, January, I, I believe, which is uh, yep. good news coming off of, of this visit. Uh, the most important recruit right now on campus. I know we got a lot of people to get, but quarterback is very important. Um, I have a few. I'm letting everything marinate, but I know we got our quarterback for this class, but uh, just – Quarterback is just such an important position, and being able to be uh, versatile and, you know, a dynamic at that position is very important in college football. So I think DJ Lagway was the most important kid on campus. I think that could be uh, the first the first uh, milestone. Like, I know he's he going to get some – Billy going to get some five-stars. He can recruut, but a five-star quarterback, that's, that's, a, that's a difference maker, is DJ Lagway. We'll see if we can land him in January. Absolutely. So we will continue to monitor recruiting, not a, a ton of stuff imminent, um, but, uh, you know, certainly Cormani McLean is still the biggest name out there uh, in terms of recruiting. Let's see, General, no, let's think, get. He didn't so make it to campus, though, did he? He did not make it to campus. Yeah. Which is unfortunate news, certainly not the, uh, the news that you want to hear, especially as we go into this game. Uh, but certainly I think that if you were watching that game and you're a defensive back um, or a defenseman or a number of different positions during that game, you saw an opportunity uh, to come on to campus. And we can talk a little bit about that perspective because I was getting a lot of text messages from friends and people on Twitter asking, um, this is a tough look in front of recruits. And I want to give you a perspective that uh, they don't always think the same way that you do uh, as a fan when watching a football game. Uh, either but uh, let's move on and give a shout out to our friends over at alumni hall um, go check out alumnihall.com or go visit them in archer road in gainesville they just got a bunch of new peter millar quarter zips uh, peter millar is a great brand uh, golf quarter zips and uh, and vests so go check them out uh, also have new women pardon me women and men's champion uh, brand apparel, and um, as we get into the colder months of the season, are going to continue to add in more vest sweaters and jackets. Also worth noting, if you're a UF faculty member, student, or member of the military, you will always get 10% off of your order and be listening to this ad read in November where we will be giving away uh, and continue to give away some um, – 
coupon codes for you guys when you guys are going to shop for the holidays. Because as we know, it is always Christmas time in Dan's world. All right, boys, the Gators lose to LSU 45-35 to in a game that uh, the final score probably indicates was a little bit closer than it was. Uh, Gators jump out to a, a early lead just a couple minutes into the game uh, with a nice return on the kickoff, uh, a nice throw from Anthony Richardson to Justin Shorter, uh, and then just continued to trade blows 21-14, to and then LSU goes on a – 21 point scoring run uh, where the Gators just are not able to connect uh, and ultimately win this game. Uh, let's break the game down, um, you know, offense, defense, uh, and special teams, but uh, just overarching thoughts, uh, Nick and Silk. Um, just, uh, I thought we were going to, I thought we were on the, on the precipice of uh, a historic, weird LSU Florida uh, ending there, uh, probably until what I think is, uh, I think it's a bad call. Uh, it's, in, I guess it's the right call. I think it's a bad rule. Um, talking about Jervon Dexter getting rough in the passer, um, which effectively, you know, ends the game there. Um, overall, I thought the atmosphere was good. Um, those uh, that north end zone's been pretty empty uh, for every game other than um, Kentucky and Utah. Uh, but other than that, the atmosphere was really, really good. Um, a little bit, a little bit lighter than I thought. I'll be honest with you. Likewise, it wasn't ninety five eighty five like they said. Yeah, um, no, nowhere close. It's it. I mean, the the alumni section is below us, hard for us to see, but looked looked pretty full. Yep. Uh, the student section looked probably ninety percent full. Mm. Um. And, well, the, you also have those tickets. Um, yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, LSU yeah, band right. that goes all the way up. That that you know, if if the opposing team doesn't, it's the southeast corner. If uh, if you're listening to the southeast mm-hmm. corner where the opposing band sits, that is um, from the first row all the way up to the top is reserved for visiting fans, and uh, they get those tickets. And uh, if they haven't sold them, they return them to Florida like Monday, Tuesday. Um, and then Florida has to try to sell those. So there's always some pockets of uh, bleachers, yeah, vis- visible bleachers there. Um, I will say this was North- probably the lightest LSU crowd I've ever seen in the swamp. Yeah, especially for a uh, night a night game. It's the lightest I've ever seen. You know, I've been to th- th- that game yeah. in the swamp about maybe four or five times. The lightest I ever seen, and it was a night game, which was which was surprising. Uh, it wasn't empty or nothing crazy. It just wasn't packed and loud as I, I thought it would be. I think it got a lot of times. Um, LSU, I mean, took the, took the crowd out of it for a while. Yeah. I mean, Florida, yeah, Florida for sure. went from 21-14 to 42-21 in, in, in a heartbeat, um, which that will take any credit out of a game. Um, but I thought the atmosphere was, was good. Um, thought, uh, thought the offensive line without Osiris Torrance looked good. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, you got – you got more glimpses of Anthony. Um, and then uh, the third down defense is quite literally the worst in the country, statistically. Not, not even opining there. Just statistically the worst third down defense in the country. Yeah. So overarching perspective, then we will get into uh, the game a little bit more. Uh, just a rough watch, man. Uh, defensively watching this this defense be what it – has been the last couple of years just super depressing. 
Um, the all great offenses start, like you said, we come out and mm-hmm. hit Justin Short on on a bomb. Uh, even the kickoff return with ETN was 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 just how you write up the start of a game. And then when when they get on the field and start marching down, because I've been watching this LSU team from afar this entire season, and they've been struggling offensively. And you just watch them like take a knife through butter and go down the field on us uh, in back to back drives. Uh, like I just got like that eerie feeling. Of, I don't think we're gonna stop them tonight unless mm-hmm. they make mistakes. Um, but I didn't see us being able to stop them uh, offensively. We did. What we 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 supposed to do. You can't score like we can't expect these offenses go score score fifty points to win a football game. Um, them putting up 35, 40 points. They didn't play per- perfect, but they put up thirty five. Um, you can't score every every drive. The run game. Uh, was effective, but it wasn't as dominant as it usually is. We had a shuffle offensive line. Like things were a little mixed up in the trenches offensive offensively, but we still was able to get it done and move the ball. Uh of course 15 has to play better, but he had he didn't play terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, offensive play calling, not mad at it. Like I know people are screaming about the offensive coordinator and all of that. Just don't I don't see the production is there. We're moving the ball, we're scoring points. Uh could, could things be better? Yeah, but I don't know how much of this is on Billy and, and not on, you know, uh, us being able to execute. Uh, but I, I like the way the offense started the game. Uh, even when they got down, uh, these guys didn't give up. There, there, there's going to be incremen- incremental uh, progress with this football team in the program. Uh, we can't get caught up, and I said it last week about the tree in the forest. I don't want to re- regurgitate mm-hmm. that. But we can't get caught up into the LSU game and how we lost and the mistakes. And, and like we saw this team quit before. Um, seeing those guys get down two scores, them battle back. Uh, I had to leave because I was driving back to West Palm. I had some business to get back to for Sunday morning. So I left in the, right after the Tom Petty tribute. Me and the family got on the road. But uh, just to hear on the radio and watch these guys to continue to fight back, play that football game, it came down to the call that Nick was talking about. Mm-hmm. Those are the improvements, man. Um, those guys not quitting. And from a mentality standpoint, man, we're not going to turn into – Alabama overnight. It's gonna take us some time to, to to get the guys in. We're just missing some guys here and there. Um, overall, not terribly upset. You know, mm-hmm. uh, defensive coordinator wise, it's just a lot we gotta fix talent wise. I watched. A, we, we, I know this is my last little take on this, and we'll, we'll move on a little bit. But I watched Louisiana Lafayette Lafayette defense the entire offense. Uh, I'm sorry, the, the entire offseason. Patrick Tony defense did not look like this. Um, we're not seeing a lot of the wrinkles and things he had in that defense and, and what we're seeing on, on Saturday. And I don't think it's him. I don't think he forgot how to call defense. I think it's a personnel thing mm-hmm. and a lot of talent acquisition that we need to make this offseason in the recruiting department. So that's my overall take. Uh, some of it's on the defense coordinator because eventually you got to give me a third down and get the fuck off the field. Sorry about the curse word. No, you're, you're good. No, I think that you're right. And I think that uh, – well, we'll talk a little bit about it when we talk about the defense. But I, you, you saw them getting – just beat man-on-man, right? Um, you saw Jalen Kimber get meet, uh, uh, get the ball caught over his head. You saw uh, Avery Helm get the ball caught over his head. Um, you saw Jaden Hill give up uh, passes. You saw Jason Marshall. You saw everybody, um, you know, give up, you know, man-on-man uh, balls, you know. LSU has some some good wide receivers, uh, you know, but certainly, you know, you can talk a lot about scheme, but, you know, at some point in time, you just have to say, hey, these guys just got just got beat straight up. And so uh, very frustrating to watch, and, and certainly we can understand some fans' concerns. I just don't think it's worth, uh, you know, completely calling for a regime change um, hmm. after game six. Uh, let's talk a little <laughs> bit about the offense. Um, let me give a quick shout-out to Home Field Apparel, though. 
real quick, homefieldapparel.com, promo code Stadium and Gale will get you 15% off of your order. Uh, it's about that time for Christmas. Take a look uh, at men's and women's T-shirts and hoodies from Home Field Apparel and then use promo code Stadium and Gale and get 15% off of your order. Uh, ultimately, um, Anthony Richardson goes 15 of 25, 185 yards, one touchdown, does get sacked once. Uh, he also has eight carries for 115 yards, including one 81-yard run. Uh, we look like a, a pinball kind of bouncing off defenders there. Uh, Montreal Johnson goes 13 carries for 57 yards. You saw Lorenzo Lingard get three carries nice. for 16 yards. I thought that he looked explosive. In his play, and then you saw Trevor Etienne, or Etienne, pardon me, go for eight carries and 28 yards and a touchdown. Montreal Johnson also got two touchdowns. Uh, but we obviously didn't see Osiris Torrance in this game. He did warm up. Uh, he was questionable going into the game. Uh, but uh, Nick, Silk, uh, your thoughts on uh, just offense and offensive play? <clears throat> um, I, I, I'm not – I guess I'm still on the fence about uh, Napier as a play caller. Um, I think you're wasting your breath um, if you're yelling for an offensive coordinator. Um, Correct. It's not happening this year. Um, I don't think it's ever happening. The moment it happens, it's the beginning of the end, Nick. Yes. Kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like Scott Frost. It's the beginning of the end if it happens. Like it, it, It'll be like a Jimbo situation. I was talking to somebody in College Station um, on Saturday night, and they were like, yeah, they're going to make Jimbo um, give up play calling duties. And like that's when you know, like, hey, things aren't going well. When when no, the yeah. administration's making you change the way you want to run your program, um, that's the you know the the, the yeah, like you said at the beginning. Here's why so it, it's why. not gonna happen. Go ahead. Here's why it's tough. Just from like like people that want to bring in a different offensive coordinator. Uh, first, Billy's a young coach and is is coaching ten years uh, in his coaching career as a head coach, so he don't have a long coaching tree. A lot of guys that call a similar offense to him, just like Jimbo. Jimbo has his play sheets in his hand for a reason. He calls a certain type style of offense. He can't just go magically pick up some random offensive coordinator, um, bring him in, say he is successful. But then he has he gets a head coaching job. Then you bring in another OC. Then you turn into then you're Mario Cristobal, a guy, a man with no offense. You're subjected to whoever you bring in to call your plays. There's no successful head coach as an offensive guy, even defensive, that that at some point had to call their own calls. You could delegate later, but he's too young in his career to bring guys in. He's going to be a mercenary or just a victim to whoever he brings in to call his plays. As those guys get successful, get new jobs, he got to bring in a new guy and so on and so forth. It's just not, not how this works. So when he brings one in, it's the beginning of the end. Yeah. Um, and I don't think you're going to see – uh, I've seen some people say they want to get rid of one of the two off. They're trying to like figure out how to get an offensive coordinator on the staff. It's like get you don't need two offensive line coaches. Like this is the best offensive line Florida's had in ten years. Maybe right. having two right. coaches is working. Um, uh, you know they want to get rid of Patrick Tony, let uh, Spence be the DC, and and have Court Raymond take care of the entire secondary. It's like listen, we're seven games in. You're no one's getting fired. Patrick Tony's not getting fired. Um, I, I I think there's maybe one coach, one position coach on staff, and, and guys might leave for other positions, but mm -hmm. there's maybe one position coach on staff that that might be upgraded. Um, but it's it's uh, who is that? Who is that? Real quick. I don't know about that. 
Can you tell us who it's not? We know it's not Corey Raymond. No, no, it's not Mike P. <laughs> there, there's, only, there's, only, there's only eleven. There's only eleven on staff. So yeah, I think uh, I have an idea. So we're not gonna we're not gonna play the who is it not game. Um, yeah, we, it, know, uh, we know who it is. I didn't say anything. Um, so I, it's I was thinking about this earlier this morning. It's like I, I I thought before the year seven and five. Eight and four with eight and four. I thought, I think I said on the podcast, eight and four would be a really good season. Yeah. Now, I, I, you could change your opinion based on how, how'd you look. And at times, Florida has looked terrible this year. Right. Um, but you're still just laying the foundation and, um, you know, sitting at four and three heading to the bye. I think that's probably where I thought Florida would be. Um, and, and I think you're, I think you're okay. I'm sitting here looking at it like, the the three weeks two through four were, were rough because it felt like three losses. Mm-hmm. You lose Kentucky, Tennessee, uh, and USF was a win, but felt like a loss. Um, but I thought I think Missouri's defense specifically better than than a lot of people give them credit for. You took care of Eastern Washington the way you're supposed to, um, and, and then LSU. <clears throat> and that, I got nothing for LSU. That, that's four in a row. I think mm-hmm. uh, the defense is is. Uh, probably where you can hang, hang the loss on. Um, but uh, I, yeah, I, uh, I'm also getting back to my original point. I, I don't, I'm not totally sold on Billy's offense. I think a lot of times the last, at least the last three weeks, you've come out really hot that first drive within the first mm-hmm. two plays. Um, and I think that they, it, it's just kind of, it's like a little cute. They, they start doing all the, the motions yeah. and stuff that doesn't do anything. Like the, you, you've handed the ball off. I think, to Xavier Henderson once or twice. Um, you've handed the ball off to um, Ricky Pearsall once, and, and that mm-hmm. play worked. But it's like you've run an Iron Man's worth of, of motions from the wide receiver position, and, and you're in for what? And I don't think you're throwing people off. Yeah, There's no, you didn't see LSU there. making a lot of adjustments. Um, no, only from where I was, from where I was sitting, um, and we were all kind of in the same spot, right? So, uh, I. The, the, I thought the offense looked okay. I think that there is definitely some execution. I think that there's some things that maybe, you know, when he gets his guys in, not saying that, you know, Florida doesn't have talented offensive players, but when he gets the type of player that he wants in, maybe work. Um, but I think if you score 35 points in a night game at home, you should be able to win that game uh, in most SEC uh, situations. Um you know, I, I certainly thought that they they started well. Uh, they weren't without flaw. Um, you know, certainly the running game was a little bit slower uh, in this game than it has been in previous game. weren't able to get some of the holes that they got open against. Uh, you know, at, at Kentucky and LSU or uh, at Kentucky, Tennessee, Missouri, uh, where you saw some longer runs. I think that Osiris Torrance being out uh, certainly didn't uh, help. Um, an unfortunate costly penalty on Austin Barber. Uh, delayed them and hurt them. Uh, but I thought offensively they looked okay. Uh, Anthony Richardson, when he runs the ball, which a lot of people were just screaming for, um, when a play blow broke down, he had a couple of big runs and, and did well and was able to get, you know, first downs and obviously the big 81-yard run that wasn't designed. Uh, you know, but certainly you want to see some something a little bit more. There's a lot of these crossing routes, or pardon me, not crossing routes, but kind of flood routes that all go uh, in the same general direction, uh, and you know Anthony Richardson the bootleg, probably man. say what the bootleg, yeah, um, just it did not look very accurate at all, and, and I don't know what the stats were, but but I would imagine that he was 
probably less than 30% in completing those. Yeah, the offense, I just expected a different style of offense. Um, like you, we talked about the run heavy stuff, and, and I would like to get those numbers on the buy and sell we did on that. Would like keep it like a track where we at with it. Um, because it's damn sure not 50 50. I don't think it feels that way. Uh, it mm-hmm. feels like we, we're over that. But uh, I was suspecting Nick Marshall, Auburn offense, Gus Mazon type vibes. That's not what we're getting. Uh, I agree, bro. He just needs to take off and run more. That just makes this team. You got the ability to go score from 80 yards out with your feet. Um, yeah. I, just don't, I think he needs to also work on watching film on how he exits the pocket, have a, a, a better pocket presence um, because he's having some opportunity where he tries to leave the pocket and escape with some big runs, but he, he just is not escaping in the right direction. Uh, but, yeah, he just needs to use his feet more, man. Like That's your biggest weapon. Uh, he has a strong arm. He's a little hot on slant sometimes still. Uh, time management from the offense perspective is what peeves me. I didn't get, I didn't get Billy's breakdown of why he burnt those two minutes and thirty-one seconds at the end of the half, but boy, I was peeved. Oh, they. they so, so just to answer your first question, right now the Gators are about fifty-six percent rush and about forty-four percent pass. Um, oh, okay. I, I think that that is the one um, largest groan that I've What's ever the number? heard in fifty-six and forty-four. I said 60-40. We'll see you're wrong. So anyway, <laughs> um, I, I, there was a lot of booing at the end of half, to, you know, at the at the end of this first half, and I'm not sure if you could hear that on TV. Uh, certainly weren't <laughs> booing the uh, the Gators as much as I thought that they were booing the clock manager. Gators get the ball with about two, you know, two and a half minutes left. Uh, ultimately, it's fourth down. Um, the Gators haven't used no, the no, timeout. No, we gotta get, we gotta get before that fourth down. Like we get the ball is two thirty one. We get to the fifty yard line with the oh yeah, two minutes. Yeah, you have a decent return on the kickoff, right? You get to the fifty yard line. Um, you you are what's fourth and one on about the fifty, and they run twenty some odd seconds off the clock. It felt like they ran oh. a minute off, bro. It was. It was bad, and then we called a timeout the last, at, 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 on fourth down. We had three timeouts as well. Right. Yeah. Uh, regardless, it, here's my my perspective of it. You hadn't stopped these guys all game. Like they just marching up and down the field. We're down seven. They get the ball at out the half. A team that you haven't stopped. So you're down seven. You're most likely going to be down fourteen coming out of half. You got to go get points here. Unless the only thing that they thought is that there was no way that they could stop them. Uh, yeah, that then that's and I don't think Billy has no faith in the defense. Oh, going yeah, on yeah. go going go it, it, totally like the rest of the, the last you know four five games. I don't think he has no faith in them in the last five games. But the way that they called that and then his explanation of that tells me he lost confidence in his defense's ability to stop LSU on that night. Which, but then it got a match. I, I, think, right? I think everyone did. Everyone in the stadium did. But then it got a match. Then you go for uh for on a fourth down and not kick the field goal. Like I don't, I don't understand. If you if you felt like you got to go uh, score seven, right? What you did in the field goal, you didn't kick the field goal. You went for seven. So if you feel like you got to go seven. That's that's the same situation before half. You got to get seven because you can't stop this team. They're gonna get seven. So if you if you dismay, if you're kicking away and just nah, we don't even want the three. We need sevens to keep up with this team. It's the same vibes that have. So I just that's what. And then like you just can't play like that. Your defense is not gonna stop nobody. We came to that point this season. Go get points, bro. Like sometimes your offense just got to win football games, and that that was one of those type of games. It felt like whoever had the ball last was gonna win, uh, and we should have just kept going and get points. I didn't like pissing away a scoring opportunity right before half. Yeah, and, and then 
it, it, like the the kind of, it was the same thing too. Um, late when Florida's driving um, at the end of the game, and there's just no urgency. Snapping the ball with eight seconds, seven seconds, six seconds left on the play clock. It's like, yo, you're down two scores. You got to. There needs to be some some urgency here. And it was almost mm-hmm. like we need to play. It was almost like Billy was playing for two more possessions. Like we need to only give them enough time to hopefully get a stop, and then give us enough time to have a, you know a drive down and tie it. Um, but Florida's run some tempo. I think Florida is not running as much tempo or, or, or running tempo drives as much as they would or will um, because you're protecting oh. your defense. You're protecting right. your defense. You, you, they're, they are not good, um, not playing well. Um, and if you're going to go out there and run tempo and you go three and out, well, you just had your defense probably give up a 40-yard third down conversion uh, and we we're on the field for five minutes, and now they're back on the field in two. So I think you're seeing the offense change what it's doing to try to help the defense. Mm. Yeah. So the and, Gators on that drive. Uh, the, the Gators on that drive. They uh, let's see. Trevor Etienne returns the ball to the 27 yard line. They have a 20 yard pass to Ricky Pearsall. Then Anthony Richardson has a two yard run, a one yard pass to Montreal Johnson, and then a pass to Keon Zipper. Um, and then ultimately they run the clock out. So from Anthony Richardson's first time snapping the ball at the Florida 47 yard line, there's a minute and 30 seconds. With three timeouts. With three timeouts. Yeah, all three. Yeah, and I remember, um, you know, during the game, certainly I can I can rewatch it. Um, but none of those play calls were, were certainly anything special. Uh, that Anthony Richardson was a designed run. Uh, the Montreal Johnson pass didn't make a ton of sense, and then certainly Keon Zipper uh, only getting six yards, you know, didn't help. You know, definitely an interesting play call if you're trying to to go down and get points. I thought that they could have been a little bit more aggressive there. Uh, but uh, that's, I think, the second time this year we've seen some some interesting, you know, analytics-driven or no faith in the defense uh, decision-making with, with clock and time management. Um, you know, theoretically it makes sense, but, you know, it, it almost seemed like Florida was, was willing to give up, especially because they didn't get the ball back, you know, to start the second half. Yeah, and um, that was tough. Florida's been – uh, atrocious in the middle eight. In the middle eight, it's the first four minutes before half, mm-hmm. and then the first four minutes after half, um, where you can really get swings in games. They were minus 14 in the middle eight against LSU. I think the only games they've been positive in the middle eight were uh, was Eastern Washington. Yeah. Um, and that was like plus three. Um, yeah, Gators only run – they didn't score, obviously, but they them and LSU had about the same number of successful plays during that time. Uh, but you're you're just not scoring. Um, if you're going to get the ball first to start the game, you've got to figure out a way to control those middle eight. Uh, and the Gators gave up, you know, 14 points. You know, in the middle eight. Here's the thing: we're struggling with the middle eight. Why do we keep returning the ball? Like, why do we receive the ball? Uh, well, Tennessee Tennessee won the toss, so they deferred. Right. So if you defer, that means, hey, we're going to pick in the second. So if Florida decides, okay, well, we're going to kick it, the LSU goes, all right, cool. We get the ball first to start the game and in the third quarter. I think we decided LSU, this LSU game, though, like, right? Um, no, LSU, LSU won and deferred oh, okay. the decision. Yeah. Okay. I thought we so, won the toss. My bad. No, no, lost. Lost the game, lost the toss. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. 
Yeah, so Gators lose 14 to nothing. And, and I could get some stats before next week, but they're they're down very big uh, in that middle eight this season. Uh, offensively, uh, any other thoughts that, that you guys have in the game? Want to give Justin Shorter uh, definitely uh, his props. Great, uh, great ball um, to start the game. Uh, great mm-hmm. uh, job checking the ball. Um, yeah, I thought that he played well. I uh, want to give um, Lorenzo Lingard the opportunity to get his shine to. Uh, he had one catch for seven yards, and then, like we said earlier, three catches or three carries for 16 yards. Um, didn't see Naquan right this game, Nick. Any did not play, did not play, right? Um, any healthy. commentary on that, injured? or just did not play? Not injured and healthy, uh, just did not play. I'll say this, uh, Montreal Johnson and Trevor Etienne are your uh, two best running backs that I did and was surprised. Uh, I did think and I was surprised with how well Lorenzo Lingard played uh, in the game against LSU. He has a a dynamic burst out of the backfield and uh, had a couple broken tackles as well. So um, shout out to him. He's been working hard and finally gets that opportunity. Looked looked like a man who had been uh, not not given an opportunity, had been waiting. um, And – you know, certainly was running uh, with some pent up aggression. I'd say, um, good to see that for him. He's been in college for I think this is his fourth year now. Yep. Um, so finally getting an opportunity. I'm sure uh, that felt good. And he probably, I, 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 well, I, I, I'll hesitate to say that he would have scored um, because there was an offside penalty. But it looked like he had like a little lane or a false start. Um, yeah, looks like he had like a little bit of lane white. down there. Yep. In the, yeah, in the in the north side. Um, uh, but yeah, that, that's good. There's a, um, last thing, I guess on the offense, uh, all the motion stuff, like, I, I think if we get, if you get, give, give Xavier Henderson a bicycle and some like fins, he might be an Ironman with how, like the miles he's running pre-snap motion to get a handoff. Um, there's some other things on offense that I don't understand. Like, um, there, there's like a third and long. And you have a running back in the backfield, and then you motion him out, and now you're in, and now you're empty, which is fine. It's third and long; it's passing down, and then the running back is just an outlet. It's like, bro, it's, it's third and fifteen. What do, you, what do you? Why do you have a running back at two yards off the line of scrimmage? You dump the ball off to him, you gain five, and now it's like third and third and twelve, third and ten. You're punting or you're kicking a field goal. Um, so there's there's just some stuff about the offense that. Um, Little stuff like that, like when they have running backs out out wide, you know, outside the hashes, um, or uh, tight ends like a Dante Lang when he's out wide. I'm just like, you're playing ten on eleven. Yeah, you're you're handicapping yourself. Yeah, I think overall we're gonna all we're never gonna be like totally. People complain about stuff like Spurrier was calling. People complaining about Urban Myers' offense. Some of the stuff they were calling. It's always gonna be a thing. Uh, the most important thing is is production points. You know, moving the ball first down. I don't think we have fundamental or foundation issues like that with our offense, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially in year one, um, we're productive. We're moving the ball. We're putting up points. Uh, There's a lot to be desired. You know, you want to. You know, you see Tennessee and all these sexy offenses out there. It looks it looks fun. I think, like Dan said, we'll we'll get into some or Nick, one of you guys said yeah. we'll get into some tempo once the defense is isn't fooled. But right now, we can't get sexy and go up tempo. Um, but Fundamentally, our offense is, is solid. We just got to yeah. build on some things. Uh, ultimately, to end the game, 410 yards, 6.95 yards per play, um, 216 rushing, 185 passing. So, um, you know, 
does enough. I thought that they, they played well, um, you know, at times, certainly not perfect, but you put up 35 points. Um, you know, at one point the Gators had a, uh, an 80% chance of winning this game, but uh, when the defense allows uh, the points, especially the way that they did, um, you are going to struggle to win the game, which the Gators uh, obviously uh, did not. Let's give a quick shout out to our friends over at Dome Hats. Uh, Silk, did you get your hat in the mail? Got my hat, man. Got back from Gainesville. Had a nice. I'm like, bro, I got a box at the door. Who could this be? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what you get? Phone. Which hats you get? I didn't. Dan, yeah, Dan. I didn't order the hat. Dan, I, got, I think I told you a different hat. After Nick said unicorn, but I appreciate you sending the unicorn regardless, mm-hmm. man. Perfect fit. Perfect. Well, uh, it's not often that you just have boxes ready for you, ready to be open. But if you door. are looking for a box for yourself, dome hats. Right. Or back page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, go check out domehats.com. Um, we gave away a few Stadium and Gale hats on Saturday. We get our hats made by Dome Hats. Uh, you've maybe seen the uh, Quez Ike and Riedel hat. You've maybe seen uh, the hat that Nick was wearing on Saturday, the, uh, the unicorn uh, hat, uh, whatever it might be. They have a lot of Jacksonville Jaguars and Duval County things. As you know, my favorite part of Florida, uh, go check them out. Domehats.com. Use promo code stadium Gale to get a percentage off of your order. 15% off of your order. Uh, Jeff Whitaker is the CEO and a former Florida Gator walk on. So support your former Florida Gator athletes. Again, domehats.com, promo code Stadium Gale. All right, boys, it is time for some reckoning. Uh, defense gives up 45 points in this game. Uh, just at- atrocious uh, from, from the front, middle, and back. I uh, do want to give some accolades first. I thought that uh, yeah, Ventral Miller played all over the field if – Xavier Henderson is running an Ironman in pre-snap, um, runs back and forth, and Ventro Miller is running an Ironman, running uh, sideline to sideline, trying to chase down a lot of mistakes of the people before him and behind him. So I do want to give him his accolades uh, for yeah. for a hell of a job. Some, some sideline accolades as well, man. I know he, he tried to rile up the guys up on the sideline, oh, show yep. some leadership, man. Uh, yeah, Ventura had a good game. He didn't play perfect. He gave us some some nope. in the past game. They picked on him a little bit as well. But if anybody out there is showing some energy and some uh we need to get our shit together, it's 51. Yeah. All right. Um guys, let's let's break this down. I don't even know how you want to do it. Uh, the Gators struggle uh with pass rush, they struggle with contain, they struggle with uh run blocking, uh, but most notably, um, third down defense and then just coverage defense as a whole uh, was atrocious, um, and nobody really played much better than the other. I, I don't want to sound like a broken record, and I don't want to sound like a guy that's harping on uh, individuals, but at no point did this Florida Gators defense look in any way like they were ready for, for Jaden Daniels, who is not a great passer. Um, he struggled all season. Uh, he wasn't very good at, at Arizona State either. Um, but yeah, he tore the Gators looked, defense. Looked great Saturday. Yeah, I mean, he earned he himself some potential great. money on Saturday. Some of them balls were so wobbly; it was just nobody was there. I'm just like, bro, what is going on? He didn't make no money Saturday, Dan. He just, <laughs> he just lost me some money. Maybe with, if he could play, if he could make more money on. Uh, if he can play the Gators every week, maybe who knows? Anywho, uh, Danny. What's your, 
What were we at with it, Dan? What are you asking? Just your thoughts. I mean, I don't even know. <laughs> uh, I already gave my overall thoughts on this defense. Uh, it's just, it's just, I'm not. All right, Nick, I got a question for you, Nick. Uh, I know everybody wants to play more man in tighter zone. How do you, and, and Dan started off no pass rush. It's the first thing he said. How do you play man with no pass rush? You don't. You get picked on if you play man with no pass mm-hmm. rush. All right. Glad we started with that. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. I, I want to leave with that. But yeah. everybody's asking. And then no pass rush. And then you also have atrocious safety play. Yeah. That's the recipe for barbecue chicken. Not fried chicken, yeah. barbecue chicken. If you got a terrible, terrible safety play and you're not getting to the to, to the pass, you can't contain neither with a scrambling quarterback. All this mm-hmm. is a recipe. You can't go man on that, man. Like some of us just need to cheer and not get into the X's and O's of this stuff. Um, I don't think it's a scheme issue. I think it's uh, selfish. A lot of players just out there doing whatever the hell they want to do. Uh, my issue from the coaching perspective is, like, why do we keep putting the same personnel out there to make the same mistakes? Uh, I don't think it's a scheme issue. Uh, I do want to see just you just make a change and find a way to get off the field on third down. We're the worst in the country. When, in, in a lot of defensive category, categories, we're damn in the, in the bottom uh, tier of everything. But a third down, you got to find a way to get me off the field. You're a professional. Uh, you mm-hmm. need to bench somebody eventually, man. Personnel has to change because the same guys making the same mistakes. I mean, you'd, you'd probably like to see um, some some improvements, but you know, uh, coaches can try to get players in in position. Um, they can't get them into position. They also can't make the player magically better after four years of pretty mediocre to bad recruiting like this is what the roster is and maybe they're playing off ball because they don't have the athletes they don't have the guys who they can trust to press and and if you're going to press your corners you have to trust your safeties um and and i don't think rashad torrance had a a great game last week i don't think trey dean had a great game last week um so it's you it's not like you're not we're not playing madden you can't just like call a defense and, and, you know, an X factor comes in with all the new stuff they're putting in the mat and X factor kicks in and you're, you make great play. Um, I think it's, you're laying the foundation this year um, and you're playing with, you're cooking dinner with somebody else's groceries. So uh, you're going to have to, and listen, the the Florida's got a great freshman recruiting class, but those freshmen aren't all playing next year. Like you have to continue to develop the guys that like a Devin Moore, who again, missed the game with an injury, um, a Kamari Wilson, um, Corey Collar can put some weight on. You have to start developing these younger guys, and you're going to have to hit the portal again um, mm-hmm. to find some guys to that can come in right away and play. And then you get into an issue of, okay, well, if you're hitting the portal because you need to get guys that can play right away, are you taking away from snaps from other people? Which is why I would like to see more rotation, and, and I thought we'd see more rotation at safety, um, just getting some of those younger guys reps. Um, but it uh, to me, I, I don't put everything on Patrick Tony. Um, it, it the third down defense is atrocious. It, it's just like how do you giving up? How do you consistently give up third and long like that? Um, I, you know, to me, I, I don't have I mean, an answer for it. On. I have the answers for it. So to whoever making these clip ups on 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 Twitter, you you can see it. Like when you break down the fan, it's it's Tony are putting these guys in position. I think Dan during the football game. Uh, had text in the group chat that Cox mm-hmm. lead, lead, probably leads the NCAA in almost sacks. 
Mm-hmm. Like, what else can you do? Like, you want him to go out there and tackle the guy? Like, you're, these guys in position. The, the one run where Jaden Daniel runs in for a touchdown, Trey Dean has him in the backfield. Like, it's mm-hmm. you one-on-one with a quarterback. You're not tackling a tight end or running back. Like, you got him damn near just receiving a snap. You got to close and make a tackle. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think it's a scheme thing. I think, like, his scheme not perfect. It's a lot to be desired. He got to work on some things, but – uh, it just looks like players, man. You can't, you're not going to, as a defensive back, you're not going to beat me on the same slant multiple times in the game on third down. Like some of it, you just got to make a, a damn play. Why are you bailing out? What you scared of? These DBs are bailing out like they're scared to get cooked. Oh, and they got cooked all right. Still getting, how you bail out? First of all, you got a 12 yard <laughs> cushion. You bail out from that cushion and you still get beat deep. Yeah. Uh, and you, that ain't coaching, man. That's like, that's. Yeah, no, they there there was a lot of plays where where they were in position theoretically, uh, but couldn't get their head around, didn't make the move. You know, I think Jalen Kimber puts his hand up, and that ball's not caught for a touchdown. Uh, Jaden Hill, you know, we we've said often on this show, not we, I, uh, that this, <laughs> this game is going to go as as Jaden Hill goes. Um, has a good start to the game. Get to throw out a meme that I created on uh, one of Nick's tweets. Got some. Uh, likes and retweets on it, and then he gets torched on the next six plays his direction for 120 yards, 20 touchdowns – or, pardon me, 20 yards uh, per reception, (laughs) 30 yards after catch, six first downs, you know, a long of 54 on him and a touchdown, right? Um, Jason Marshall, he allows three receptions on three targets. Um, Rashard Torrance, two receptions on two targets. Um, Ventro Miller, five receptions on five targets. Trey Dean – Three receptions on four targets, his direction, right? Um, Jalen Kimber, one and one. Um, so, you know, the entire defense got torched, but, you know, Silk made made the point, unless you're able to get to the wide receiver or uh, to the quarterback, pardon me, no matter what you do, you're going to get torched and it, you have to play good defensive ball uh, in the secondary, and they're just not doing so. And, you know, Florida got absolutely demolished. They, didn't tackle anybody. Uh, I think they had 21 missed tackles in the game. Uh, Pro Football Focus gave them a 28.8 um, in the game for tackling out of 100. So, not good. Not great. Um, and, and then there's there, – then this might just be like a, a media gripe, but I want to tell people why we're not asking like certain questions. So – Billy, we talked to off. We talked to the coordinators and the assistant coaches in the spring. Uh, Billy, it's the Saban thing. It's the Nick Saban model. Um, it wants to be the only voice that comes out during the season. So we only talked to him. If you watch Billy on the sideline, he's the head coach, offensive coordinator, quarterbacks coach. He's not when the defense is on the field. He's not even. He's not really engaged in the game. He's looking down his play sheet. He's getting his next drive ready. What am I going to learn? from asking Billy, hey, why is the defense playing this like this in a certain situation? He's like, I, I didn't even – if he's being honest, he's like, hey, I didn't even see that play, to be honest. What are you um, talking about, post-game or like, like – Post-game, post-game. <clears throat> I'm talking about post-game, yeah. Monday, yeah, post-game, when we ask him. Um, so and we, that's why we get a lot of, you know, oh, I, I need to watch the film. Um, right. so I would like to add – I would like to be able to talk to, you know, when we had Muschamp, um, Muschamp made Durkin and – all three of his offensive coordinators in four years, five years uh, available. So I'd, I'd like that. I'd like to be able to talk to Tony or, or, or chaos. Um, but there's, there's some reasons why, like, I, I don't think we're going to get anything out of asking Billy 
defensive specific questions in the post game. But that's when people really want to know about it. And, you know, by the time we get to Monday, um, I'm already thinking about the Saturday's game. I want to, I want to move on from, from the, the last game by the time we're talking to Billy at 11 o'clock on Monday. Yeah, uh, Chris McClellan, McClellan is also uh, showing some some spark and, mm-hmm. and a lot of promise. Uh, Shamar James as well. But yeah, I'm just I'm just fed up with the personnel. Just it's just uh, it's old saying the same guy. Kamari Wilson as well. He's not playing perfect, but he's making plays when he's out there on the field. Uh, the safety play, bro. Torrance, Torrance. I don't want to just mm-hmm. hop on zero, but Torrance as well, man. Uh, we got we got still got some big games, and we still got some games we gotta go win. Football. We're making quarterbacks look better than they look. So Texas A and M as bad as, as they look on offense, man. That like everything looks like a, a, a big hill to climb. No I mean LSU is not good on offense entering this game, right? You know, and they and they went almost perfect. Mm-hmm. Sure, they sure they look great. Ah, great Saturday. Look, ideal. That's a team that lost to Florida State just a few weeks before. Um, yeah, um, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I just haven't seen a lot of growth, maturity, and development out of these guys. Yeah, Travis Johnson as well, 16. Yeah. Also, six, I don't know what his target zero. shit is. Uh, and he needs to wrap up as well. That kid, like, he, he's not – he's not. He's trying to do kill shots, come up and make solid tackles. Bro, we got to, like – give me some fresh faces. I'm just seeing the same guys every week making the same mistakes. Bro, if they can't stop, because it's not like they stopping LSU, right? Like right. somebody got like give somebody else a shot, because they not stopping them, bro. They going marching down the field like it's like it's just a, a two minute drive with no defense, like a practice, a walkthrough on Friday. Yeah, Kamari Wilson ends the game with eleven snaps, uh, trading with thirty two, Rashard Torrance with twenty seven. Um... How much did they run for? Do we have those stats in front of us? Because I don't even think they tried to run the ball, really. They got some big runs off on us, but I don't think that was even their thing. Yeah, no, they 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 ran for 179 total yards. I think that that number is a, a bit um, a bit higher than it than it probably was or, or what Florida was able to contain. Jane Daniels had a couple of long runs uh, during the game as well. Um, their <laughs> running backs rushed they- for – 14 yards. Josh Williams, 14 carries, 106 yards. Jane Daniels, 13 carries, 52 yards. And then John Emery, eight carries for 31 yards. Yeah, man. Upgrade. We need talent. We need defensive mm-hmm. tackle work. We need, you know, secondary. We don't need five stars to, to, to do absolutely everything. Uh, but there's an abs like. This star shit goes out the window eventually as well. Like once a kid's been on campus three, four years, I know we're gonna go back to the star ratings, but bro, he's been on campus three years. His stars don't matter. He's barbecue. Like what mm-hmm. he, what what they gave him when he's a junior in high school, none of that matters now. The talent is what we see on Saturdays, and what I see on Saturday is linebackers that are too slow to cover, <clears throat> yep. um, safeties that flip their hips the wrong way that should know mm-hmm. how to do this stuff. This stuff you learn in high school, seven on seven, like. There's DB trainers and shit on YouTube teaching this stuff, bro. Like, this is not Patrick Tony shouldn't be teaching the fifth-year senior how to flip his hips and coverage, you know? So I'm just saying a talent thing, and we got to bring in some more talent, man. Um, that's our biggest issue right now on defense, the lack of talent. Yeah, but beyond just being able to flip their hips, being able to even flip their head around, um, there was a number of plays where if you just knew where the ball was going, you know, you could have made a, a play on the ball as a defensive back. Um, there was – 
many, many times in that game that they had no idea what was happening. They were, they were getting burnt, um, couldn't turn around because they were burnt um, and ultimately, you know, let up that big play. So um, every aspect of that defense uh, was about worst case scenario on Saturday, which is unfortunate. Uh, well, I'm not letting Billy off the hook either. Like every offensive category, every offensive statistic is worse than last year as well. It doesn't well, surprise me a ton. Um, yeah. it, it, uh, the, the drop off on defense doesn't surprise me either. The amount that it's dropped off has. And I think that, you know, you can go to the transfer portal and you can try to plug in, uh, you know, individuals into certain spots but the the nature of of half-assing your recruiting for a few years and, and maybe just chasing stars instead of chasing talent uh, is really starting to catch up to florida you know florida lost a lot you know to the transfer portal and to the nfl um you know and then certainly losing kyer elam you know florida doesn't have a lockdown defensive back right now anywhere on the field um so Offense, I, I figured, would, would drop a, a little bit, because especially because there's a turnover in talent. Um, but hey, defense has no talent infusion in it right now. Yeah, back to offense. Uh, yeah, I, it, it was going to be a draw. I think Dan Mullen's a good play caller. Uh, mm-hmm. And I thought we was going to miss Dan Mullen regardless. Like, Billy's Billy's going to be a build, you know, of, of implementing this program, his offense, and this pistol. Um, it's some things I do not like about the play calling, but I, I, I can see like we just missing a lot of easy throws. Like some some of these throws, it's hard to get mad at the coach uh, when there's a crossing route or a slant that's there, and, and it's just not an accurate pass. Uh, I wish our quarterback was playing better football. I expected him to be playing better football. He's just not doing uh, his side of the deal right now. But um, it's a it's a slow build. I think year two we'll see uh, this this offense move at a quicker if the defense get better. I see, I see. We'll see us pick up some pace and also production. Uh, a lot of our stuff is also a lack of snaps. There's some time where our defense is not getting off the field, so uh, the offense, the offensive snaps are down. Yeah, and I mean, Florida's just not. Yeah, like you said, so Florida's not able to get the defense off the field, so they're gonna naturally, you know, have less less plays on offense. And you know, Anthony Richardson is still growing and maturing, and I think you know, for Florida fans. Um, there's probably a pretty strong likelihood right now that he will be back in Gainesville uh, going into next year as well. And then they'll return their top two running backs as well. Uh, and, uh, you know, Justin Shorter may, you know, move on to the NFL, but, you know, Ricky Pearsall has an opportunity uh, to continue at UF and continue to develop those, those players. You're going to lose Osiris Torrance on the offensive line uh, and sure. maybe, you know, lose a couple others. But for the most part, Florida should be able to return, you know, a lot of their offense from, from last season from this season to next year. Um, but where Florida really needs the help is on defense. And you can recruit a bunch of great talent. Now they're still freshmen. They're still going to be young. Um, Florida needs some defensive tackle help. They need somebody that can get to the running or to the quarterback. Pardon me. Um, because we absolutely cannot make a play on the quarterback. We absolutely got to start winning because these Kentucky fans going crazy in our comments. And now I, I can't live like this. Yeah, Kentucky's on a three-game losing streak right now. So, Kentucky went from top ten to forty. It's basketball season, baby. It is basketball All right. season. All right, let's uh, let's move on with the show. Um, Let's give a shout out to our friends over at True Classic Tees. Visit them, trueclassictees.com forward slash SG25. 
or use SG25. (laughs) (laughs) Or use SG25 at checkout uh, for um, men's and women's T-shirts, gym apparel, um, polo shirts, uh, long sleeve and short sleeve, uh, but ultimately great products. TrueClassicTees.com. Promo code state our promo code SG25 at checkout. Uh, as we pull up the buy or sell from last week, any final thoughts on the game? Or where do you stand right now? Florida's going into a bye week. Uh, no game this week, able to get healthy, able to reevaluate where they're at. They're sitting at four and three right now. Georgia is the number one team in the country uh, who they will be facing off in Jacksonville on the 29th. Uh, but um, what, what are your thoughts on Florida right now? Uh, what, do you, what do you have the record finishing at? Four and three now with five games left? Uh, seven, eight wins. Georgia, Texas A&M, South Carolina, at Vandy, at Florida State. Wild. There's only one game left in the swamp the rest of the year. Man. Yeah, no, that's that's part of the reason why I got my uh, – I went up to Gainesville this week. We, we had some friends in town. I was like, I really got to go because there's no game um, really in uh, in November. Um, but, yeah, though, definitely a top-heavy yeah. schedule. Just, just the fighting Beamers on uh, November 12th. That's the last game in the swamp for 2022. I got, I got plans that day. I mean, if you want to <laughs> mark down, like, for sure, like, not for sure, nothing's for sure, right? But uh, that you feel good about is probably uh, Vandy in South Carolina. Uh, just be, like, nobody's going to be overconfident versus Florida State because they got a decent quarterback play. Uh, Jimbo, we've seen what a down Jimbo team. They look like a down LSU team versus us. They just come to life. Versus our secondary, man. So uh, I'm just going to put us at seven wins, man, just to be, you know, um, that's why I got it. But I think I think we end up dropping a couple more down the scratch. Georgia, I don't see us beating Georgia. Um, just not where, <laughs> just not where we're yeah. at with it. Yeah. Uh, Hot take there. Texas A&M. Um, <clears throat> do we have the talent to beat Texas A&M? I think we're a better football team than Texas A&M right now. But I don't know what the hell is going to show up. AR-wise, we're on the road. I don't know what the defense is going to do. It just don't set up well for us, man. So that could be an L as well, but we'll see. Uh, we got a lot yeah. to fix this bye week. Hopefully we come into uh, the Georgia with some fresh faces in the secondary, uh, some depth chart changes. I like the way the, the offense has shifted. Uh, Naquan, has, who has been a staple on this team for a few years now, uh, leadership from a leadership perspective, the leader of that room, he's been demoted to seemingly probably fourth screen. So I, mm-hmm. I need some of that shift in my defensive secondary, my linebacker room, give me some of the guys that, you know, some, some more opportunities, some younger guys that could probably come in and not make these same mistakes. So that's what I'm looking at coming off of the bye. Uh, let this program get better week by week, bro. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if we came in hot, AR went crazy, yeah, we, we left a lot, of, lot, lot to be desired. We looked like all these L's we could have won. You know, that's the frustrating yeah. thing about this season. Like all these L's, you're losing close football games, right? That's how I know once we and we we don't have the right personnel. These guys are playing with a, a bag of like like Nick said, somebody else groceries. Uh, so it, that's that's good, man. We're, we're losing close football games. First year in this regime, it's just keep getting better each week, bro. Next year we're set up to return a lot of guys on this roster, but we do got to get a lot of portal uh, guys to come in to implement on that defense, or we're gonna be fooled again. Uh, that's where I'm at with it, man. Seven, eight wins. We out of here. I need a top five class, which is almost impossible. You got to get some five stars to, to jump into that that five range. Uh, but finish strong on the trail, man. 
So I, yeah. I think I think I'll have yeah seven. So I'll go yeah. loss at Georgia, loss A and M, um, and then you win the last four. Or I have eight. I have eight. So you lose Georgia, you lose A and M. Oh no, seven. Then you win the last yeah, three: seven. South Carolina, Vanderbilt, and Florida State. Win last yeah. three, big lies in all season. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I, <laughs> that's that's a that's a that's some big Tennessee vibes. Tennessee right vibes, yeah, that's big. <laughs> um, oh. I, I have us as well, um, likely at seven and five. Um, Bro, I let, I let y'all talk me into saying like eight and a half wins, nine wins. Negative Nick was right in June. Now we got buy or sell to see who was right, Nick. That's what Nick we was right in June. We, we will evaluate. We will get a where we're at right now um, I speak to HR. next week. Um, no, I mean, I, I think Corey kind of hit the nail on the head. It's frustrating. You know, while you can say that Florida is just a couple of plays away from having two wins on the season, right. uh, Florida is just a couple of, uh, of key difference makers or, or key plays from – being what six and one right now, um, football, five maybe. and two. Um, you know, they sit four and three going into Georgia. Georgia looks strong, although they don't look unbeatable. Um, you know, Florida has to go in, and I, and I think you have to make changes. And I know, Nick, you know, we we talk about it a lot, and there's a lot of people that say, Hey, you know, everybody always wants the backup, being the backup is the, the best job because everybody always wants you. Um, I, I do think that Florida needs to try to do something different on defense. Um, and I don't know exactly what that is. I don't know if that's scheme. I don't know if it's players, but it's got to be something because whatever you have right now is not working, right? Florida has a defense ranked in the hundreds. They literally have the worst third down defense in the country. Um, worse than Colorado. Yeah, Florida's 106th in defense right now. Um, in terms of pass yards, Florida is – Let's see where where is Florida? Florida's ninety eighth in the country, allowing a shit ton of yards um, per game um, passing. Uh, their their rushing attack is is very hot and cold. Um, Florida's got to do something because whatever whatever you have right now, you're one hundred fourteenth in the country. Whatever you have right now is not working. So you have to do something different. If it's personal, if it's scheme, it's got to be something different. Um, use these next two weeks to figure out something different because right now you have, you are on pace to have the worst defense likely in Florida football history. And yes, they need talent. And yes, they need to recruit better. Florida has enough talent to not be ranked 106 defense in the country. You have really? to do something. I'm just joking. Uh, real quick, what happened? What the hell happened with uh, Brandon Spikes? You're muted, Nick. Nick, you're you're on mute. I, I don't know. I haven't gotten any uh, any any clarification on that. He was on the field um, pregame, chilling, vibing, and then was told to leave. Um, was he? He was told to leave the field or leave the stadium. Leave the field, but I mean, he didn't have a ticket. He, he was there at. <laughs> I can like, see why that's a problem. Yeah, yeah, I can. Yeah, I can see why he'd be frustrated. Well, you. you <laughs> His ticket is outside. It's a brick. Hey, let me let me show you my ticket. Let's walk out front. My name is yeah. here uh, forever. What's your name? Yeah. No idea who you are. Here's my yeah. name. I'm gonna go back on the field. Send him upstairs um, to the box, man. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know what the deal was with that. Uh, well, we had only... some empty seats in the uh, Champions Club form. Right. 
Seen Major up there. Shout out to Major. He was up yeah, there. Yeah, saw Major. Uh, we hung out with him. Called K I, I saw Caleb Sturgis. Uh, chopped it up with him for a few minutes. Um, saw Todd Golden. Got to chat with Todd for for a few minutes. Uh, rapping every single lyric to a Meek Mill song that was playing in the Champions Club. Nice. Todd. Why, why you every... call me and say Todd? You, you called me uh, and said Harlem was missing. Uh, in that. Yep. <laughs> and shout out to that. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Silk and I were sitting. And Paul, uh, we got a lot of things to talk about before we get out here, real quick, man. But yeah, go ahead. Dan. Yeah. So, um, so saw saw Todd Golden and his wife, uh, big high noon people. Uh, right before the game started, we had just got uh, some food that they had uh, they had set out. Um, saw well, Paul. I, I was sitting with Paul for the game. Shout out to uh, to Paul Sammons who cooked up some delicious food at Annie's Tailgate. Uh, him and I were sitting together at the Champions Club, and we um, Todd turned around. Or um, pardon me, Paul turned around and said, "I think that's Todd Golden." I turned around, and saw him rapping every single word. I'm like, "Definitely Todd Golden." Because huh? you look at him, and he just does. He's not an imposing figure, right? Very generic kind of looking guy. Has his polo buttoned all the way up to the top. Uh, walk up to him and uh, you know we got we had to chop it up for a few minutes while he was uh, you know getting his high noons and, and got to meet his wife. But uh, really said he really enjoyed the show. Really um, you know he's excited about the basketball season. Um, and, and I think he has every right to be. The team looks uh, pretty solid right now from everything that we're hearing. So saw him. Who else did I see? Um, Shout out to Todd, man. Saw a couple of other people. It'll come to be here in a second. Shouts Caleb Sturgis as well. Um, he friend of the show. Yeah, friend of the show. Um, was just walking around by himself, um, trying to trying Main to find man. where to be, and uh, came up, said hello. Um, but uh, great to see him. Um, who else? Hey, John, was I seen John Grenard. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. John, Jonathan yeah. Grenard yeah. was there too. Hmm. We were, we were walking. We were by the statues. I was like, "Yo, is, are the Texans off this week? John Grenard's here." Right. Shout out to that, man. We we could use John Grenard. They should have gave him some passes, suited suited him up, man. We could use a pass for us Saturday. It was some time when it was it was good coverage, some plays, and it felt like Jaden Daniels had forever to throw the football. I ain't mm-hmm. getting back into that, man. But anywho, uh, same corner, same time. Oh, uh no, one who uh buy or sell. Anybody, yeah, buy or sell. Let's uh let's go over that the real show, man. quick from, from last it. week. Uh no buy or sell for this week. Um, let me just pull up our stats here. That way I have them. All right. Buy or sell, uh, from, Oh, by the way, boys, this is episode 200. So thank you everybody for sticking around for 200 episodes of stadium and Gale. Um, but on episode 199, poor boy sandwich, um, (laughs) the Gators rush for 200 plus yards. We all buy and we all Get that right. The Gators rush for 210 yards. The skin of our teeth. The game. Yep. Uh, The next stat is Anthony Richardson has 275 total yards of offense passing or running. He does 185 yards through the air and 109 yards on the ground. You won't be surprised to know that Nick is the only one that sold that. Um, so Silk and Dan get Negative that Nick, one. Man. Let's see. Montreal Johnson and Mr. ETN combined for one, 70% of the carries against LSU. I don't think that they did. They did um, not. Uh, Johnson, uh, they had 21 of 33. 
Yep. So close. Uh, but uh, you guys both sell. Uh, you guys get that right. I get that incorrect. Uh, Gators get an interception. We all bought it. We were close. And then there was a yeah, roughing Rob. the passing penalty, uh, which understand is the right call. Unfortunate. Probably to me, the most unfortunate was the amount of time it took for the flag to get thrown. Uh, but ultimately, Jason Marshall, uh, interception does not count. We all buy and we all lose. The Gators yeah, it's, win. It's, it's, a tra it's a trash rule. We were robbed. And the SEC count can send, send us a fine. Yeah, yeah, count it, count it. You can send us a fine. We we're, we're gonna count that as a interception. Okay, we'll we finally we finally get uh our say our five star safety to make a ball hawk play and, and they rob us with that was Jason five Marshall. Yeah, Jason Marshall, five star somebody. DB. Yeah, yeah. You said safety. Yeah. Or yeah, uh, yeah. Mix just here to correct. Nice over the nice over the shoulder catch too. That was beautiful. Yeah. And you can't hell, tell me. You, you can't tell me. What is Gervon Dexter supposed to do? Yeah, that's that's what I mean. I mean, yeah, I tuck I, and roll. I, I don't know what he's supposed to do. Yeah. I don't know what any player is supposed to do. Rap we saw roll. it again in the NFL again yesterday. I don't, I don't know what any of these players are supposed to do. Um, but uh, you know, you can't convince me that the Gators would not have gone and tied that game um, if that interception goes and stands. Ultimately, uh, we all chose that the Gators would win the game as our last part of buy and sell, and we all did not get that. So, if we're going to count the Gators' interception, uh, the well, 275 total yards, and uh, Gators rushing for 200 yards. Uh, Silk goes four and one. I go three and two, and Nick goes three and two. So Silk, hang your hat on your four and one by yourself for the week. We lost, man. We did no lose. wins. There's no wins. Yep. Uh, and I right. do want to make win. sure that we mention this from Diego. Uh, start blaming the refs. Not blaming the refs. Uh, just more just commenting about the nature of the rule. Um, like I said. Definitely the right call uh, to be made uh, in that game. I uh, did think that there was a, a few missed calls on both sides of the ball. Just think refing as a whole has gone down a bit over the last few oh, years. Sure. But also I think the uh, microcosm in which they're on um, or under the microscope in which they're under um, is uh, certainly elevated as well. But, um, but yeah, you're tough making, loss by the Gators. Enough money. You're making enough money as a conference, significantly enough money yeah. as a conference, to, to hire full-time officials. We don't need we don't we don't need you know part time officials. There's too, there's too much money um, gambling wise. There's too much that's put into it from the players and from the uh, coaching staff to you know pull a guy out of a, you know a public's bagging line and say hey you want to ref a game this week? Yeah, and we need to speed up some of these reviews um, as well. Um, I think that we. We sat in a review of, uh, I think it was the the touchdown catch, uh, where the ball may have looked like it it rolled out at the at the very end. Uh, I think we sat and watched for about three and a half minutes um, when he had already had possession, already had multiple feet down. Uh, so we need to speed that up. The game itself. Uh, you kind of forget, you know, this is the first game that I've been to this season. Um, you know you know, live, you kind of forget um, how slow the pace is. Went to an NFL game a couple weeks ago. Uh, their pace is a little bit faster. But we got to figure out a way to pick up the pace of this game, man. I know there's a lot of money to be made, but watching on TV is such a privilege, and I understand why 
people are doing that a, mo- a lot more often, but it's just a, a, such a slow game and they just get in their way so often. Uh, shout out to um, the, the fans. Uh, Tom Petty Day was a success. Um, enjoyed it. So who has the song of the week? It was me last week. Oh, I think it's me. Yeah, I think it's me. Um, I'm going to give a shout out to my buddy Josh, uh, who runs a place called Ginger Beard Coffee here in Tampa. I was there on Friday doing some work, and he introduced me to a new artist, uh, a new artist called Skeez, um, S K E E Z, and he has a song called "I Love My Homies." So we're going to play "I Love My Homies" by Skeez, and uh, we'll take it out same corner, same time next week, boys. Same corner, same time, man. Hey man, y'all guys take the take a fan by week. Don't stress as much. Oh yeah, and sure the LSU fan or the LSU band as well for playing during Tom Petty. Good way to end the show. See you boys. Too late, smoking cigarettes at my place. And if we were still on my space, then this would be my top eight. Yeah, yeah. Sneaking liquor in the basement. You know, my dad would never say shit. But we were skipping school and breaking into swimming pools, acting stupid when we wasted. Long nights in the suburbs, all grew up, moved out, what a bummer. If I could do it all again, I would. This one's for the homies, cause they really know me. And I'll always come back whenever I'm lonely. So let's pour another for us and the homies. Cause I'm on the road now. But I miss the home team. Can't even try to count the miles I gone To make something of myself to bring back home Yeah, even though a lot of them doing good and I'm proud of them I hope they know I got them, I know they know I got the homies in a bottle, what more do I want? I don't need much more than this, yeah Long nights in the summer, ain't had much but we had each other Yeah, If I could do it all again, I would This one's for the homies Cause they really know me And I'll always come back Whenever I'm lonely So let's pour another For us and the